Well, it's, it's, it's been a year, right? Gosh, I remember I said this at the end of last year, you know? If I say it at the end of 21, it's going to start feeling like, you know, Groundhog's Day. You know, at some point, if you guys have seen that movie, it's, there's, a, there's a theme here, it feels like, you know? Um, Gosh, I, one of the great blessings I have being here and being an, an Ohioan now for 10 years, which I know if you're a, a real Ohioan, that's like 10 minutes to you. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the amazing things is I only live about a mile up the road, so I get to walk to, to church. And um, that's a new thing for me because I used to live in a place where you had to like drive to your mailbox. And so to be able to walk uh, here to the church has, has been pretty amazing. But um, one of the fun things about it is that, you know, right now in this particular season, I get to see how everybody's decorating their houses for Christmas. And so on my route here, there's one particular house that I pass by. And this dude, and he's just set up like this, you know, 100 foot tall like Santa Claus on the roof looking down, you know, and it just, you know, kind of dominates the whole, the whole block. And, uh, you know, God bless him. And, uh, and then you turn the corner and the, the next house, as you turn the corner, there is a, like a more humble display. And this one is somebody set up a kind of like a homemade nativity scene under sort of under their porch. And so you have Joseph and Mary and you have the little manger and they put a bunch of hay down. And um, it's just such a stark contrast um, as, I'm, as I'm making my way to, to church. And, and normally, Christmas time, it's a little bit more like that big Santa on top of the house, typically, right? You know, and this year, it's a little more like that, that humble manger scene with all the hay around it. And we're really forced to reflect this year and on, on what's important and what's been important. Maybe what we've forgotten is important. We're, in a lot of ways, we're forced to face our faith in just who or what it's actually been in. We've had time to think and time to process those things. But the thing that's made most of this year so difficult is this thing called presence. I'm not talking about Christmas presents like that in that sense, but presence like, like closeness and, and the lack of it that we've experienced this year. Being able to gather together and experience friendship and community the way that we've always enjoyed it. If you're like me, if you're an extrovert, man, it's been a rough year. Rough year for the extroverts out there, right? Jillian Watson is like nodding her head. You know, she can barely contain herself when I say that. The two extroverts in the church, right? Um, but man, even extra introverts, right? I mean, you guys are just like, oh, like, I don't care, man. I just need to be around somebody. And you over there, hug me. It's been like that for introverts as well, right? We just want somebody to be close. And I think whether we knew it or not, COVID has surfaced in us how deeply fundamental our need is for presence and for closeness. So what I want to do is I just want to reflect on that for a moment um, and look at this famous passage from Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. This was the part uh, in, the, in the, the story of Christ's birth where the angel visits Joseph and lays out the task before him about what his role is going to be, how he's going to have to care for Mary. And then Matthew, the writer of the gospel, he quotes this passage from Isaiah, which says this, 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So think about the name Emmanuel and what it means, God with us. I mean, of all the names that Jesus could have been given, this was the name chosen for him by God. I don't think my parents took that much care, and sorry if you're watching, Ma, but I don't know if my parents took that much care when they were picking my name to describe who I am at all, because my name actually in the Greek means powerful ruler. You can laugh, right? Um, Man, if they did pick out my name for that, that did not work out well for them or me, right? But think about the kind of hope that the name of Jesus The name Emmanuel promises to us in this prophecy that Matthew quotes from Isaiah. There's just something about it that's so just warm and inviting. Emmanuel, God with us. It's interesting to think that of all the things that could have been said about Jesus, and there are many things that are said about Jesus, the one thing in particular that Matthew mentions is his name, which speaks of his closeness to us. So here's what I mean by that. If you, you know, if you take all the endless adjectives that could have been used to describe Jesus, there's something significant about that name in particular and what it means and why we are made to know what it means, which is God with us. Matthew could have described Jesus in any number of ways, right? He could have said almighty God from heaven. He could have said second person of the Trinity. He could have said creator of the universe or savior of the world. But he chose to remind his his Jewish readers, which was who he was writing this gospel to, he chose to remind them and us tonight that this Jesus was not just God in the flesh prophesied by Isaiah, but that his name was the God who is with us. And by the way, those other descriptions that I just mentioned of Jesus, man, they're incredibly true. They're incredibly important. They need to become ingrained in our hearts so that we have the fullest picture imaginable of the person and work of Jesus. But every year when Christmas rolls around like clockwork, like it is right now, we become reminded once again that Jesus was called Emmanuel and was sent to us as the God who is with us. So as you think about that name and what it means, we wanna also think about the heart of God, the Father who gave him that name. We wanna think about the Father's steadfast love We wanna think about his mercies that the Bible tells us are new every morning. We wanna think about his endless, it seems, supply of grace upon grace on our lives, which is how the Bible describes it. He didn't only send to us a powerful king to be ruler over our lives. He didn't only send to us a savior to atone for our sins. He didn't only send his son to make peace between himself and us. We desperately need that God 
But that God could also just accomplish our salvation, pack his bags and return to his heavenly abode, kick up his feet and let the work be done. But God sent us a person with a name that committed himself so fully, so completely to us that even Jesus reminded his disciples in Matthew 28, he said, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So today, tonight, in this just impossibly busy Christmas season where in normal circumstances you would barely have enough time to exhale, maybe this year we can take a minute, maybe because we have a minute to pause and to remember that Jesus used the word always to describe just how long he plans to be with you and with me, if you are his. And how I wonder, I wonder how this might be a balm to you, to the tiredness of your soul, as you think ahead to all the challenges, the innumerable, the unknown challenges that lay before you in the new year. We need only to go back to his name to remember where he is when we don't know where we are. And it's been a year of not knowing where we are, hasn't it? In your messy finances, oh, he is with you. In your fragile relationships, he is with you. In your pain, in your suffering, he is with you in your inability to repair the broken world around you. He is with you in all of your questions and all of our rage and all the things we don't know and all of the questions that we don't have answers for in 2020. He is with you. That's what his name means. That's the innermost being of his character. That is what Jesus is made up of, is somebody who is close to us. The old Christmas hymn is true. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. So only somebody who is close to us in that sense can meet those hopes and those fears. But the question is whether you've met the one who has met your most hopeful hopes and your most fearful fears. Because you have those, and so do I. And if this year has shown us anything, it's how close to the surface those things actually are. And we just weren't able to fake it this year, right? And what's interesting is that when we talk about hopes and fears, and mainly hopes, a lot of times they're not really what we think they are. The things that we hope for aren't really the thing that we're actually hoping for. It's not that you really want more money. Try me, Ronnie. No, I get it. But it's not that you really want more money. It's not that you really want a better marriage. It's not that you really want 
a more stable career. It's not that you really want that relationship you've been lacking. It's not really those desires, but it's what those desires actually stem from, which is this, a desire to be loved, a desire to be known, a desire to be secure through all the pandemics, big and small, you will end up encountering in your life. What you really want is a hope that does not disappoint. And so we have Jesus, we have Emmanuel, who is God with us, who was born to die so that your hope, your fragile hope, would not end in disappointment like it does with every other thing that you set it on. I love my wife. My wife is going to disappoint me. She cannot carry the burden to fulfill my hope and the longing that I have for something that's going to last. My job is going to disappoint me. My money is going to disappoint me. My met goals, my unmet goals, they're going to disappoint me. None of these things can offer me the kind of reassurance and security that I actually want, what I actually hope for, what I actually long for more than anything else. Man, I remember the, um, the first year I cried on Christmas night, right? I was, uh, I was seven years old and I remember getting to the end of the night and I remember looking at my mom and dad and just, they said, what's wrong? It's Christmas night. And I said, it's all over. That's what I said. I, really, I literally remember that line. I said, it's all over. The thing was, I had gotten the present I wanted too. All I wanted, this is going to date me. Um, I got a Batman big wheel. That was it for me. I got it. It turns out it wasn't enough. It couldn't even, la- it couldn't even satisfy my longing for a day, right? Because Christmas was over. And it's a silly story that I think we continue to carry with us through life and place on more significant things than Batman Big Wheels. But then there's Jesus. Emmanuel, the God who was with us, who was meant to fulfill that longing for reassurance and security. Because who else? What else? Right? Who else has a supply of mercy and grace to hold both my rational and my irrational fears in his hands while reminding me that although in this world I will have trouble, it ain't all going to be great. He has overcome the world. What safer person is there in existence to hold both of my hopes and fears and have not even one of them be forgotten or dismissed or ignored or wasted? His name is Emmanuel the God who is with you. So whatever noise is raging around you right now, both 
internally, externally, remember who is rallied around you in all the chaos. Emmanuel, the God who is with you. He is like a radiant light in all the ruin. He is like a bright hope in all the havoc that you've experienced this year. See, the reality is that everybody has a God. There really are no godless people. Everybody has a God, but Christians, those who have put their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ, well, they have Emmanuel, the God who is with them. There are other gods, but they eventually collapse on themselves, right? They're kind of like the turkey in Chevy Chase's A Christmas Vacation. Remember that? Two of you do? I thought it was a classic. That turkey is so overcooked, by the time it hits the table, it ends up deflating the minute they stick that knife into it. That turkey, man, it over-promised and under-delivered. It's just a really bad illustration that I came up with about everything I'm talking about tonight that we tend to go all in on. Only Emmanuel promises and delivers on his promises every time because he is the God who is with you always. So here's our question as we close. Are you with him? In this quiet night, a very quiet Christmas Eve of the Eve service for us, in this solemn moment, do you see your need of the Savior who God sent so that you might experience the peace that comes with his presence? Jesus is saying, live in despair no longer. He's saying, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He says, confess your sins. I am faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from unrighteousness. He's saying, don't walk alone one more step in your guilt and in your shame. He has said, my name is Emmanuel and I want to be close to you if you come to me. Man, I am, I am always, I'm just a Christmas fanatic and uh, I should be more embarrassed about it, but I'm not. And I'm always looking to do just the most Christmassy things at Christmas, you know? Some of you guys are like, I, we follow you on Instagram, Ronnie, we know, and we're so glad the holiday's almost over. But man, I, I, love, I, mean, I love all the traditions. I mean, I just, I love it. I, lo I love the hot chocolate. I love ice skating with one of those walkers that I, that I use when I ice skate, you know? I love watching It's a Wonderful Life. I love listening to all the Christmas carols until I can't even think a normal thought anymore, right? I love this Christmassy time of the year, just like Sam the Snowman says in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, claymation version. I love it all. I love it all. 
but it's not Christmassy enough for me at the end of the day. It doesn't hold enough magic. It doesn't hold enough truth. There's nothing more Christmassy than a child born in a stable who offers new birth to all who put their faith in him. Will you put your faith in him? For some of you, it will be for the first time. Maybe you've never committed your life to Jesus. You've never said, Lord, save me from my sin. You've never put your faith in the work that Jesus had to come down and do on the cross, the reason that he was born, so that you could have peace with God, so that your sin wouldn't separate you from him. Maybe some of you just are having a, a valley or a season in your life where your faith is just low. You're like, I, I believe, Ronnie, but man, I am just struggling. I'm just struggling. And what we see in the Bible is that Jesus is close to the strugglers. He's not any further away from the strugglers than he is from the ones that are just close to him. Will you give Jesus your hopes and fears so that you will have the only God who will never disappoint, the only God who can be with you for all the days and all the nights you will ever live for now and through eternity? That's a weak thing being a pastor right now, let me tell you. Because I don't have tricks. And there are guys that do this better. There's, there always is. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And he said, oh man. He goes, I just feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. To encourage people in this season. I said, well, because that's, that's what we do. We point people to Jesus. And these words, if they come out of this book, is the power and the life and the joy and the longing and the fulfillment met. So my job, if you can call it that tonight, is to say, will you press in to this person, Jesus, whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us, because you are a prayer away wherever you're at from experiencing the presence of God. So if there was ever a Merry Christmas because of Jesus, there is one. Let's pray, let's go before him right now. God, we thank you for sending Jesus because without him, we are hopeless people and we have no place to put our hopes and fears that can bear the weight of them and that can give us reassurance and security in this life and the life beyond. So God, we pray, Lord, that the good news of the gospel, which was Jesus coming to save our souls. Lord, I pray that the, the beautiful and the life-giving, breathtaking, majestic reality of that, Lord, would just come alive to us again, new and in fresh ways. And for those that have never experienced this, I pray that they would humble themselves before you, that this night would be a night that would change their lives forever. 
And Lord, that you would give them a hope that they have been searching for in all kinds of ways and places and with people that can't supply it for them. God, thank you that in Jesus, we have the hope that we've been longing for. And not just a hope, but somebody who is with us through everything that we go through, unsurprised, unfailing in his faithfulness and altogether loving and compassionate to us. Lord, we pray that we would meet that Jesus tonight, we pray in his name. Amen.